0: Dispatch to all units 103-1033. Clear the air for all traffic and stand by for emergency traffic from your chaplain. Welcome to Chaplain's 1033 Podcast, a podcast to look at the good and the bad of public safety. Join Chaplain Dale Simmons as he talks to police officers, firefighters, EMS personnel, and deputies who struggle every day with life situations. Here is your host, Chaplain Dale Simmons. Hello everyone hope you're having a great new year as we get started into 2022. My name is Dale Simmons. I am a public safety chaplain and want to welcome you to our um, third episode of Chaplain's 1033 podcast. Um, Today, we're going to be uh, uh, listening to and I am interviewing a, a 911 dispatcher she has had experience uh taking 911 calls and also now works um, for a uh, private ems service as a dispatcher her name is tammy foster Uh, tammy is um, an excellent dispatcher one of those dispatchers that when you come to work in the morning and you hear the voice on the radio um, you're excited about knowing that uh, you're going to be taken care of during the day Uh, There's a lot that you and I take for granted um, as we um, work our shifts and hear the dispatcher on the radio. Uh, We assume some things sometimes, um, rightly and wrongly, uh, that uh, uh, we're going to get the information we need from um, the person on the other side of the radio. And Tammy and I talk about that, um, about um, the information they get, how they respond to it, um, sometimes we think they, uh, are supposed to have, um, extra sensory perception and figure out things from things callers are saying without having all the information. And so, uh, I know you're going to enjoy this. Um, uh, Tammy is, um, a single mom, has, uh, several children, and, uh, we're going to talk about some of the issues that, um, Not only those of us who are on the street deal with, but those who sit behind the microphone in an enclosed room for uh, 12 hours um, at a time and receive calls uh, from uh, our citizens and also deal with the troubles and frustrations that you and I deal with uh, on the other side of the microphone at that particular time. Uh, I'll mention this to you at the end of the podcast, but let me remind you, I want to hear from you. Um, you can email me at chaplaindale.simmons at gmail.com. Uh, I have a Facebook page, chaplains1033, and also an uh, Instagram page. I promise you I'm going to do better this year about um, sending stuff out. I'd love for you to go to those two and follow me on those two as well. Let me know what you think. Go to your um, uh, wherever you listen to this podcast. And uh, rate uh, our podcast. Let me uh, know. Email me uh, and tell me what you think. If you got some ideas on some other uh, inter- people I need to interview, we're going this year um, to be able to move into the uh, more of the uh, police, sheriffs, deputies. I'm, I've got some people in mind that I want to spend some time with, and uh, also get to hear some things about public safety from that aspect. So I hope you enjoy the interview and we'll get back with you at the end. Well, Tammy, thank you for doing this with me today. Um, This is, you know, you and I have talked off um, recording about some of the things we're going to talk about today, um, some of the reasons I'm doing some of this, and um, you and I have known each other since we merged as Chatham in Southside, Uh, I mean Chatham in Metzlar, which is seems like yesterday that was a long time ago. Um, so, um, and we may mention this as we go along. Um, I spent about eight or nine months in dispatch when I tore my ACL about two years ago. So I've done what you do. Um, I might even go in there today about whether Dale ever wants to dispatch again in his life. <laughs> um, uh, no. Um, So, um, I I got a little history about what we do. Tell me about Tammy for just a little bit. Um, how did you get into this job? Um, and some of that kind of stuff.
1: Okay. So I've been doing this for about 22 years now. Um, when it came time to kind of figure out a direction for my life and career choices, I had a good friend that lived in Morrill, Virginia, and they rely heavily on volunteers. So she was a volunteer firefighter and an EMT, and so she kind of steered me into going to EMT school. So I did that, and while I was in class, there was a police officer. Um, she had mentioned 911 operators. So when it came time to look for a job after you know class got over with and everything, I applied as an EMT and as a 911 operator. I got offered both positions, but I chose to go with the one that was higher paying, which was actually 911 dispatcher.
0: So you've done, and, and I know our relationship together has been fire and EMS, but you've actually done dispatching. Other than that, in on the police side as well, right? So where you were when you got started was everything: fire, police, and EMS,
1: right? It right. was an actual nine one one center. Okay. We dispatch all of it.
0: So you took the nine one one calls, right. From whether I, I wanted to order a pizza or whether I had something going on that was wrong with me. Exactly. Definitely. Okay. Cool. So do you did that in Virginia?
1: No, no, no. Just
0: here in Savannah. In Savannah. So you work for the nine one one center here?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Cool. I right. worked
1: for the county before they merged.
0: Right. Right. Okay. So. Um, you did that for a while and for then. For a few years. And then you ended up
1: at MedStar. MedStar
0: as a dispatcher? Yes. Did you ever work on the street as an EMT? I've never worked
1: on the street as a BMT. I've done my <laughs> clinicals, I've done ride alongs, but I've never actually worked.
0: Okay. All right. So you came to MedStar, yes. and MedStar um, it, it, at that time was um, EMS only. EMS
1: um, and Lifestar.
0: That's correct. You did the, the helicopter flight. Correct. Okay. So you did you did both of those, and um, that was in Savannah. Um, at that time, Southside was a sister company who did EMS in another part of the community at that particular point. So, how, I mean, do you know how long you were with MedStar before we merged? I was
1: like eight years.
0: Eight years? Yes. Okay. And then there was a merging that took place between that time, what was Southside, and MedStar, and we came together. Um, dispatchers and everything, and so we became one company. And you came over here, and that's that's when you and I first met. Um, I was I was a chaplain. I'm still a paramedic at that time, and still am today. But um, that's when I got to know you through talking to you. We had to call in and get times, and so we got we had to, we, we got to know the dispatchers real well. Plus, I'd come by and see you guys periodically when, when we had uh, when I'd had time we, we I got to know you from that point on. okay um, so uh, how was the transition from a, from a dispatcher viewpoint when you guys came over I mean is different, yes?
1: It was different. The CAD system was completely different. <laughs> Not
0: what's a, what's a, what's uh, a CAD system?
1: That uh, we use for dispatching purposes. Okay. Um, so all that technology and stuff was completely different. Um, at MedStar, we didn't dispatch fire at all. So we had to learn all the different fire stations, and that was kind of odd uh, because like there were so different the divisions. It was like one fire department, but right. they were broken up into divisions, and every division had their own little way that they liked things done. Um, but it was a transition for sure.
0: Um, people, are dispatchers, dispatchers, Tammy, I mean, when you came and met our dispatchers, and we met you guys in the dispatch center, um, I know how it is on the street to some extent, but, I mean, was... I mean, did it take you a while? I mean, do you guys just come in and you just want to be family or do you, you, you struggle with relationships? Is it just I like anything else?
1: I think that we definitely struggle. I feel like dispatch is a very small department. I feel like we are pretty much everybody's punching bag because, you know, we're telling you where to go, what to do, like crazy busy all the time. But I feel like there's a lot of backstabbing. We talk trash about each other. I don't particularly like that. I'm really close with my shift, but you know, you only work with your shift unless right. you work overtime and then you work with other people. So maybe that's just because, like, you just kind of know them in passing and you hear stuff. But I don't feel like dispatch as a whole is very family oriented. We
0: we talked about this when we start before we started recording. Um, I said to you that I think dispatch is the Cinderella of public safety because. Um, It's impossible for us to do what we do without you. But the other side of that coin is, is sometimes, um, uh, although EMS and fire butt heads, okay, we will get together really, really quickly and attack dispatch in a heartbeat. (laughs) So um, talk to me a little bit about, I mean... I, tell, I, teach, I teach EMS. I tell my students all the time that what we hear from dispatch is third party. You're, you're telling me something somebody else said because all you can go by is what the phone caller, you can't see it. you don't know what it is. You can't say, oh, the person's not really sick. They just, you know, you can only tell me what you're told. That's hard, is it not?
1: It is hard. Like, you know, most of the calls go in through the actual 911 center. So we're getting a third party.
0: You're actually getting it another removed from what exactly. you're not even you're not necessarily the way our dispatch works. You're not even talking to the uh, person who's making the phone call in most cases. Most correct? cases,
1: correct. And so we only have the information to go off what somebody else took. And then, um, so it's hard to determine, I mean, who to send. It's hard to determine how bad the car really is. A lot of it's just in your imagination, like what you are picturing happening. It can be kind of frustrating. And I think the crews don't necessarily always understand that. And they're dealing with like one call, one patient, or, you know, if it's an accident, maybe a little bit more. But one scene, we might have 42 trucks on duty. Dealing with like thirty-seven calls at one time, telephones ringing, constantly multitasking, and um, so it is a little challenging.
0: So there could be, and, and I'm gonna dumb it down just a little bit. There could be two people on the radio, two different units on the radio. It would be an EMS unit or a fire unit or whatever, and they're both calling you within ten seconds of each other. And they get a little upset because Tammy's not answering. In other words, they say, unit 37 to dispatch. And then we hear this. And they go, hello. (laughs) Um, But I think sometimes they don't understand what you were just talking about. Maybe you're on the phone. Maybe you're talking to another unit on another channel. It's not that you don't hear them. Um, and remembering from my dispatch times, um, sometimes the words that are said before you push the button to open the microphone to talk may not be the exact same words that you say over the radio. Is that, I mean, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus, but it can be very frustrating is what I'm what I'm getting at.
1: Absolutely. There's so much radio traffic. People's walking over each other and then our real lines are walking over each other. So it's not coming in on my end. Um, I wish that they kind of... I would like them to know that number one is their safety. Radio always comes before telephones and everything like that. So if there's a reason why they weren't answered immediately, it's not done on purpose. We're totally not ignoring them because their safety is our number one um, goal or issue or whatnot.
0: So so you're... Um, it- We've talked about this before, and we've done this a little bit in the past. Okay, I I mean, I'm not trying to. One of the things that I've said in previous episodes is we're we're not here to bash the people in charge. That's not the issue behind this, but it's important that not only listen. I've been doing this over 20 years, but sometimes I need to hear what I heard when I first started. I need to be retold some things and reminded some things, and sometimes in the field we need to reminded of those things too. Um, there are things going on that we don't know about, and 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 so to be reminded what you just said is really important um, because there are things going on in dispatch that that, that we don't know about. So, um, uh, Okay, loading question. What what makes what makes a good dispatcher? Number one,
1: probably multitasking you have to be able to do three four five things all at the same time i'm answering my unit that's calling me i'm calling the hospital giving a report because that's what they've asked me to do i'm talking to um calling the caller back trying to help them locate the person all while everybody else is still continuously talking multitasking is number one
0: um what about, man, we can have this conversation, and I've had this conversation with the field people as well, okay? Um, you work 12-hour shifts. 12 hours. Um, uh, how long this, this? I'm going to say this kind of silly, and I think you know what I mean. You guys change shifts. Our service changes at 6 a.m. in the morning, Okay. How long after 6 a.m. does it take you to lose your attitude?
1: (laughs) Honestly, a lot of it depends on the street crews. If they're pleasant, no matter how busy we are, if they're pleasant, typically I'm pleasant. I don't start getting frustrated until I start getting attitude. But by about 3 o'clock, I'm just... Especially if you're, like, on one of the main channels. I'm just drained. Like, I'm over it. I don't want to talk anymore. I don't want to hear anything. I'll often drive home just in silence because there's just been constant chatter for 12
0: hours. So, um, you're hearing from multiple units on the radio. You're talking to people on the phone. Um, The dispatcher sitting next to you is asking you a question about something that maybe you hadn't passed off to them, that they're going back to you, so you're trying to talk to your unit. They're talking in one ear. The phone's ringing in the other ear. Um, Some people would say you've lost your mind and want to be a dispatcher. (laughs) Um, Why do you keep doing it?
1: Wow. Um... It was the first real job, real like adult job I ever had. I felt like I was pretty decent at it. I have the composure for it. I don't get all frantic, you know, or anything like that. I don't really get stressed out too terribly much about it. I just, and I think it's a respectable profession, and I do enjoy it.
0: We talk about it on the street. We don't hear "thank you" a whole lot. Um, which is not why we do the job, and I don't think that's why you do the job either. Um, We do. hear it some. Um, Another loaded question, okay? I think it's true that probably dispatch doesn't hear that word as much as maybe we on the street hear that word. Is that fair?
1: I think that's probably fair. And when we do... Okay, I don't want to speak for everybody, so I'll just speak for me. When I do hear it, I never feel... Wow, this is brutally honest, isn't it? <laughs> Please don't give me trouble. I don't feel like it's really sincere. It's just kind of like, oh, thank you for your service. You know, I don't feel like it's been really sincere.
0: What if it comes from... There's been a rare
1: this- occasion that I have felt sincere, and actually you were a part of that.
0: What Does it make a difference whether it comes from the call or whether it comes from the street, as far as the thank you is concerned?
1: No, it doesn't.
0: Not to me. Okay. So it doesn't. So whether it's the people who know. Okay, that. so a
1: caller who thinks you, then you do take that sincerely. Right. But your coworkers that you're with all the time, the admin and that type of thing, it just doesn't seem often to be sincere.
0: Because they. And, and I'm hearing you in that because they know the crap. Right. And, and, and the caller on the street it you know they love us when they need us and, and and you know when we go when I go to work every third day and I clock in and pick up my radio I'm not attached to you but I'm attached to that radio for 24 hours because my shifts are 24 hours Um so whatever happens, we call it an EMS in, in in fire too. But the the term we use is duty to act. When I punch that clock, um, I am responsible for that radio. I may get to sleep at night, but that doesn't mean when the radio goes off, I can turn over and hit the buzzer and go back. I am I'm attached to that radio for 24 hours, and to some extent, I'm attached to you for 24 hours. Um even though you're just there for 12 hours. But the point is, is there's somebody sitting on the other side of that microphone for me? That's at least that's my hope. Okay. So my thank you may be something my mama taught me to say thank you to someone. And it may really be thank you over the radio. But then when I unkey the microphone, correct? Correct. <laughs> okay. Um, and let's be fair. I've been in the room uh, where you are. <laughs> that happens on both sides, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. Um, you can tell when someone's a little delayed answering, <laughs> you out, or gather their composure before they respond.
0: Um, I was thinking a while ago when you were talking. We were talking about second and third party information. Um, one of my favorite things to hear, and I, you can comment on this, is when you send us somewhere, and it's—one it, it, of the things that I think about that I'm thinking about is, is when you, you get a call from the public, and they say there's smoke in the area. And so you send us out. You're obligated because we received a call. It's not like you're going, this is a waste of time. Maybe you are in your brain. But you send us out on smoke on smoke in the area call, and you give us the information we got— you give us the information you got from the caller, okay? Because that's really all you have, right? And and I know you well enough to know, and I know other dispatchers do this too. You ask questions to try to see if you can hone that down for us a little bit. But then we get to that area, and then I hear this over the radio, you know, engine X to dispatch. Um, do you have any further information, or do you have any more specific location? And I'm sitting there in my station going, you dodo. if they did, they would have given it, it to you. Us. <laughs> it's, no, they're hiding it from me and don't want me to know, yes. right?
1: Yes, one of my favorite ones, it's just a little pet peeve, is when we get like an unresponsive patient <sighs> and the unit, the unit will come back over, well, are they breathing? Mm-hmm. I probably would have started with that if they weren't breathing. Correct. And if I knew that information, if they weren't breathing, <laughs> I promise you, I would tell you
0: um because it is verbal and that's how you and I operate because it, it when we're talking about a dispatcher the relationship between you uh, um it's verbal and so commas and periods and facial expressions and conversations can change the sentence very very quickly but one of my favorites and I know this was a favorite of one of my sons who's a paramedic is, Unresponsive butt breathing. And and I know you heard that before because we look at each other and go, What is butt breathing? Um, because it has to do with how, how we say things. And so um sometimes information can be misconstrued. We have some really weird named streets in our cities. Yes. Um, and if you don't know that street, if you're not familiar with the area, um We have some streets which names sound alike, correct? Correct. Um, That can be really frustrating for you and me in trying to pull up locations. In your time in dispatch... You've always worked with a computer since you started, or did you start off with maps and paper? I mean, are you been this. You know what I'm asking. Yes,
1: we've always had the computer. Um, I have done maps. I prefer pen and paper and maps. <laughs> um, but the the people on the truck always had to have a map because the. The location didn't pin like on their what the active nine one one.
0: Okay, when you say the location didn't pin, right? Because
1: yeah. like when we send them over the call on their their computers, <laughs> it pins a location and gives them direction.
0: Okay, and so it like, shows it, it right tells right them the address and exactly to where there, and to what right.
1: route to take.
0: Okay, so okay.
1: that wasn't always the case. Right. People had to look in their map book.
0: And so, and, and so, if, fortunately, if, if there were two people in the truck, as with the EMS, you've got somebody that's navigating while the other exactly. person's trying to drive. Um, and let, let me say this again, because I, you're a dispatcher and I think this is important. Um, if the is at 12 Main Street, but the caller says to you 14 Main Street... Um, there's not a whole lot you can do about it when we get there and there's nobody at the location. And, 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 and we may call back for additional information and you may call the caller back. Um, and they may say something like, Oh, I'm sorry, I used to live at 14 Suchester Street. I just forgot the number. Yes. Okay. Whose fault is that? Beyond whose fault? Oh, that's who, who do I think the who do I think you're probably
1: the, blaming the dispatch? Okay. His dispatch is blaming the caller. That's right.
0: So that's um, how important is communication, Tammy, and everything we and everything we're doing between you and me and in the person on the phone. I mean,
1: oh, absolutely, it's the most important thing, and it's it's important to ask questions. I remember particularly we had this one call where it was a bike accident. And of course, we didn't take the call directly, it came in third party. Well, my mind is thinking a bicycle accident. My partner was thinking a motorcycle accident. It ended up being a motorcycle accident. But I mean, that does, that can change just things. One Absolutely. It's the same word, but people thinking differently and had more questions been asked. And, you know, not that it delayed response, but you just do kind of like to know what you're getting yourself
0: into. Absolutely. Um, I've been called an ambulance driver. I've been called an advanced ambulance driver because I'm a paramedic. How do you feel about being called a call taker? I mean, it, you, it, you say, well, "Tammy, what do you do?" Well, I'm a call taker in a nine one one center. I mean, that's not really fair, is it? Because that implies
1: so. When you have to fill out some kind of some paperwork sometimes, and then ask you like what your job description is or job title. I definitely don't go with call taker. I go with emergency communications.
0: Ooh, okay. (laughs) All right. That's even different than dispatcher, is it not?
1: I think so, yes. Because dispatcher can be
0: one-sided, right? Yeah. Emergency
1: communications definitely sounds more professional.
0: Um, Because with a call taker, it and I got, okay, I mean, this is confession time, okay? I've been, I've accused you guys of just being call takers before. Because when I think call taker, Somebody says something to you. You're writing it down, and then you're just passing it on. You're not asking any questions. You're just you're taking the information and it's transferring it, and that's not what you did.
1: Oh, absolutely not.
0: And um, um, from the other side of the from the other side of the microphone, um, that is really important to me as a firefighter and as a paramedic. Because when you're just a call taker, does that affect my job? Sure. I I mean, how does it... uh, Because
1: if you're just call taking, you're only getting the information they're giving you. And sometimes they might not know what's important or what you need. You have to dig into it a little bit deeper.
0: So we dispatch, we, we cover Chatham County, which includes... The city of Savannah and a bunch of little outline cities, right? Right. And we used to depend on nine one one because now we used to say nine one one would give us the address of where we're calling. Well, all that went out the window when cell phones came into play. Correct. Correct. Because wherever the cell phone pings to the tower is the closest to some extent we're going to get. So I'm the caller, and I call you, and I say, please come help my my daddy. He's having breathing problems, and we live at one two three Main Street. Okay. Yeah. How many main streets in Chatham County?
1: Right, you have to, especially like Highway 80. Yeah, Highway 80 goes from Typee to Bloomingdale. Right. So you have to ask them, (laughs) what city are you in? What, or ask a cross street, or you know where are you at? Any landmarks, you know, anything to help get them quicker. But it is frustrating because sometimes they're frustrated, they're frantic, and it's like, help me, help you. Correct. Like the. You know, you just, their mindset,
0: they're frantic. You just do the best you can. Does their attitude, and I mean, they're upset because something bad's happened. Maybe it's to their family. They've seen a motor vehicle accident. Maybe it's not good. Um, um, I've heard this phrase before. Just send me an ambulance. Okay? I mean, you know, you're asking questions as they say, just send me an ambulance. Yes. Um, that, and we've talked about frustration, Um, talk to me just a minute about dealing with somebody who, who is not giving you what you need to get to me as a responder and how you go about doing that. Does that, does that question make sense?
1: It does. So if the caller is just really not defiant, just really upset, kind of not able to help me, I have asked them to give the phone to somebody else and then that person might be a little bit more calmer and able to give me the the correct information um i will just you know say i'm trying to send you the appropriate resource i need to have this information obviously the most important thing you get is the address you can't send them if you don't have that address. if they're being kind of belligerent and not trying to help crew safety will ask pd to respond with us um
0: how'd you figure that out i mean how do you how do you make that determination? I mean, you just you know what I'm asking you when it it's, comes to that.
1: Sometimes it's instinct. You okay. can just kind of something doesn't sound right here, and like I said, we always err on the side of the crew. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do, and then the patient. So it's a lot of it's instinct. You can just tell things sound kind of wishy washy or not up to par, and then sometimes they just completely like blow your mind. What they told you they needed was nowhere close.
0: <laughs> right. Um, Right. I
1: had one, one time we went for a fall at a church and we get there and really it was a suicide attempt. They tried to jump off the roof of the church. (laughs) (laughs) So like you would have never thought that. Like, We never put two and two together on that one.
0: Um, I remember a recent call where the lady called in for a lift assist. And when we got to the house, the husband, the reason she thought it was a lift assist is he was laying on the floor beside the bed. He'd done this before. He... Wouldn't answer her when she said, can you get up? And she thought he was ignoring her. It turns out he was in cardiac arrest. But but, but the reason for being sent didn't match what happened when we walked in the door. And um, I I don't want to beat this dead horse because I think we've talked about this enough. Um, I can be very upset with you because I don't think I'm going to a non-emergent lift assist, and I get there, and the patient is something that I should have been going emergent for, and I'm going, well, why didn't dispatch tell me that? But to get to back what we talked about, you can only give me the information that you're given from the situation. That's all, that's all you've got, right?
1: In certain situations like that, we don't stay on the phone with the person the entire time, so things can escalate. You know, we normally say if something changes, call us back. If something changes before they get there, call us back. But yeah, things can escalate really quickly.
0: All right. Um, what else? Um, I, I, I want to go. I want to go another route here, right. just a little bit about because because we're just not talking about a dispatcher, paramedic, police officer, EMT, firefighter. It doesn't matter. Um, Our life is not just when we go to the fire station or when we go to dispatch, okay? Is there anything else about dispatching that I hadn't asked you, Um, I mean, that, that you deal with on a regular basis that maybe the general public, or maybe even somebody who's listening to this that works on the street does not know that you want them to know?
1: Um my coworkers will laugh at me, but I always say we're doing the best we can with the resources provided, the equipment at hand, and the policies in place. You know, we are, we have such a high turnover. Obviously, this job isn't for everybody. People have a hard time catching on. Um, They decide it's too crazy busy. It's not worth it to them. We have a huge turnover. And um, so I think if people would just kind of be a little patient and just know that we do have their best interests at heart and we're doing honestly the best that we can.
0: This is a stupid question. Okay. (laughs) It's stressful.
1: It is very, I mean, it can be very stressful. Just the sheer busyness of it. Um,
0: We talked before we we started recording um, the day we are recording this yesterday. um, You, you walk in the house, you walk in, it's six o'clock there's a short transition time where, um, and let's talk about this for just a minute. Um, you're taking over for a dispatcher who's been dispatching from um, 6 p.m. the day before till 6 a.m. that morning, okay? And you're coming in at 6 o'clock. You're what we call shift change, okay? Um, sometimes for me, I'm sitting at the station waiting on my relief to get there. Nothing's going on. Everything's quiet. When you come to work, it's not like the channel's quiet and nothing's going on. Calls have been coming in from five forty-five to six o'clock, which are in progress. And you got to come in and take over midstream on those calls, help those people get where they need to get and then take off from there. So it's, it's not like, I mean, for you, it's, a, it's like a sprint. When you step to the door and the bell goes off, you're gone. Correct. Correct. Yesterday morning, um, Shortly after seven o'clock, you've been there about an hour. You're getting your feet. Well, fitness. actually,
1: yesterday was an overtime shift, so I didn't get there till seven.
0: Okay, so you walk you're- in. At, so you walk in at seven o'clock, and at ten after seven, we get a call drop for a structure fire with serious injuries. So you haven't even excused the phrase, got your butt warm in the seat yet. And all hell breaks I have loose. Have my
1: coffee yet? Yeah.
0: all hell breaks loose. Yes. Okay. Um, you're dispatching the fire call. Were you working fire yesterday? I was. Okay. So just for a little explanation, and then I want you to, end to you can talk about this in a minute. Um, your responsibility as a fire dispatcher for our service is twenty something pieces of apparatus that run in the areas of the county that we serve. Um, there is not a dispatcher number two on the fireside. So, correct? Correct. So, if the east side of Savannah, where we serve, all hell breaks loose, and the west side of Savannah, all hell breaks loose, I'm not saying you you won't get help, but initially, that all falls in your lap, right?
1: Pretty much. I, I'll speak for my team, um, our lieutenant, especially will jump on and maybe take over one of the... Because, you know, each fire scene or call has their own uh division channel or chat
0: channel. It's, it's a channel we go to so, to operate and talk off of, correct? Exactly. Okay.
1: So she will maybe, like, take over one of the channels while I'm dispatching the other call, or she may... That doesn't always happen. It kind of depends on how busy everything else is.
0: Correct. But...
1: But for the most part, yes, it is the fire dispatcher's responsibility.
0: So you've got multiple apparatus that are responding to this scene. Our apparatus, get on scene. (laughs) We find more than one patient who's been burned. Now, our apparatus are asking you for EMS units. Yes. Now, we're the caller. Because we're calling you. It's not a phone call. We're calling you over the radio and saying, help, I need help. Because I've got something that's going on that's out of my purview. I'm a firefighter and they need EMS. How many EMS? How many patients do you have? I don't know. I'm trying to fight fire. I just send me ambulances. Am, am I being fair? Not, not, I'm being general here, not specific, okay? Yes. Now, not only are you dealing with several apparatus, because for a structure fire, we're sending three to five apparatus um, who are all saying, dispatcher, I'm on scene dispatcher, I need this dispatcher, I'm there. Um, And somebody else is yelling for multiple apparatus. You're turning around to EMS side of our dispatch and saying, I need EMS units out there for burns. They're looking at you and saying, how many? And you're going, I don't know yet. Just send a unit and I'll get back with you. You're trying to get... Am I am I getting crazy enough here for? No, that
1: definitely can't happen. I do feel like the the firefighters are pretty good at telling us, especially if they get like on a NBC. Uh, we have two patients, uh, one with seatbelt signs, one with head pain or something. They're pretty good most of the time, given a pretty good scene size up. But you still
0: got to turn around. Yes,
1: I still have to relay that information to the EMS side, so that they can make the determination if they want to send um, another um, ambulance or whatnot. So. So I'm communicating on the radio, and then I'm turning around, communicating to my fellow dispatcher who's doing EMS.
0: So you got and then and then the EMS dispatcher is turning around and saying, "All right, I've got one unit come in. Do you need another?" Yes. You're asking, and so we, we talked earlier about multitasking. Um, Tammy, this is, you don't have to answer this question if you don't want to. Okay. And I'm I'm asking this question because I've been sitting in that chair. I I did EMS dispatching, not fire, but I am a firefighter. How easy is it to get? lost or for something to be fired across the bow and you go, "Uh uh-huh, what?
1: (laughs) Yes, it is easy. You have multiple things going on. You have multiple dispatchers in the room talking to each other. Um, The way the room is set up, I might be facing the wall and then you have like a little walk area or whatever and then the other dispatchers behind me and with me personally if you want my attention because I'm like so focused on what I'm doing you have to call my name you can't just be like hey I need da 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 -da," because I may not be paying attention to you so yeah things can get lost absolutely it's very easy
0: and um no offense, not, 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 not toward us, but to anybody else not, you know, we're so worried about offending somebody today. I'm old and I, it, that. That's another conversation another day. Um, go flip burgers at McDonald's. Okay. And and I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean, but, um, let's just put it, let's just put it as plainly as we can put it. Dispatcher's job is dang hard. Um, that's
1: very hard.
0: And, and it's um, none of us get paid enough for what we did. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm getting ready to shift gears on it because I want to talk about family for just a minute. Okay. <laughs> um, most firefighters I know, um, EMS people I know, either... They're working two jobs or they're, they have um, a spouse or another other that's in the house that's working a job while they're working a job. Um, and, and maybe that's not unusual in the world today. It, it's been that way for us as long as I've been in this business. There never seems to be enough money for the amount of time and energy we put into this profession. Okay. Um, and that's tough. And, um, it's, you know, if it's, we used to say this phrase a long time ago, if it's too hot in the kitchen, get out. And sometimes, I've even said this to um, students, if you don't like pee poop, uh, pee, poop, and vomit, you don't need to be in this business as EMS, okay? Because it's, it, I mean, it's not as glamorous as it looks on the TV shows. Um, so, that's tough, yes? Yes. Um, not enough money.
1: Never enough money. Definitely subpar.
0: Um and definitely not enough money for the frustration we deal with from inside and outside. Correct? Correct. Okay. Um, we beat that dead horse pretty good. <laughs> um,
1: that's the consensus across the board.
0: Yes, it is. And, um, uh, talk to me about Tammy and family. Okay. You're a single mom. Yes. You have how many kids?
1: I have three girls. Right now. Okay. My oldest boy is off of his own.
0: Okay. Um, you were two on two off. It's a little every other weekend you get a three day weekend, but it's 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 twelve hours on. You go home for twelve hours. You, you work for twelve hours, um, and then you go home, and then you get a day off, a couple of days off, and then you got to come back. So our schedule is your schedule is really weird. Um, and some of the EMS people work the same schedule. Y'all, you guys did yes. okay. Um, uh, do we get holiday pay? Yes, we do. But we don't get holidays in the sense that um, Christmas is coming up, Thanksgiving is coming up, or when this goes out, it may be about that time. Um, we don't think, okay, everybody's coming over for Christmas. My son's coming home. My kids are going to be here. Mom and daddy are coming, whatever. Um, what if Christmas falls on Tammy's work day?
1: Right. So, we do work in a profession that knows no holidays or weekends, but you kind of know that coming in, right? It's 24-7, 365 days a year. Um, the thing that I do like about my schedule is I can figure it out for the entire year. So, every year I highlight the days that I work, so if I know something's coming up, I have enough time to kind of request off. I and, do like that part of it. And
0: we can, we can we share shifts sometimes. Um, we'll substitute shifts. I may work for you and you work for right. me, so that we can we can we call it swapping Mm -hmm. okay um plus we do get vacation time and and we can schedule some of that okay all right so that you have that option yeah but okay misorganized over here that i'm talking to today um life don't always work that way does it
1: it doesn't and um
0: so you miss things in your kid's life
1: like we only one person is off a shift On my shift, we've all worked together for a few years now, so we kind of know I get Easter. I never want to work Easter. I want to be in church on Easter. Um, And my other co-worker, Mother's Day. She likes to spend Mother's Day with her daughter and her mom. She always gets Mother's Day. The other one always gets Thanksgiving, so that works well for us. We each like a different holiday, um, but this Thanksgiving I have to work. You know, it's our scheduled day to work. We're just having Thanksgiving at seven p.m. <laughs> instead right. of a lunch hour. You know, you do miss a lot of things. One perk I love is the summertime. I'm not working. Five days a week, while their kids are out of school, we can go down to the water park on a weekday when it's not so busy. So there are perks, but there's also sacrifices.
0: What about the kids? Absolutely. I mean, they're 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 public safety kids. They, they are. They are. They, are. Um, they know what mom they d- what they know what mom does. Um, how do Mom they, how do they
1: sacrifices do? a lot for them. They're very active in sports. We're always got games. There have been times that I've gone to work at four o'clock in the morning so that I can get off at four o'clock in the afternoon so I can go to their games. Um, they know that sometimes I have to miss, but I try to go to most of them, especially their home games. But their father is a police officer, um, you know, dispatch. That's, they know, and they adjust it. I mean, they don't know any different.
0: Um, you don't have to answer this question, Okay. Your ex husband's police officer. Mm-hmm. Public safety. Public safety. Your public safety. Did it affect your marriage?
1: I'm sure it did. You know, we work an awful lot, uh, different days off. We didn't really get to spend a lot of time together as a family, you know, and like you said before, the pay is so subpar, you almost have to work overtime just so that you're not. You're living a little above a paycheck to paycheck regimen. And so I'm sure it probably did.
0: But with kids, that that little bit just eats it up. If you
1: have kids <laughs> and you have no downtime, I mean they're a little bit older now, they're in middle school and high school, so it's not as hectic as it was when they were like in elementary school or you know, babies and whatnot. But yeah, you just don't really have any you time you're working or you're taking care of children, and by the time they're in bed and you can kind of breathe, you're too tired to enjoy it.
0: Well, I mean, when you got to be at work at six, um, you live four
1: thirty. so early. Yeah, that's no what I'm saying.
0: Day. Hour hour and a half before work starts. I mean, if you're going to get um, when I dispatched during my downtime when I hurt my knee, I dispatched seven p to seven a, um, and um, Three or four o'clock in the morning, it's just, I mean, it's all I can do to hold my eyes open. I mean, and it's tough when you go home and you say you're going to sleep during the daytime, but, you know, you get home at 6.30, quarter to 7.00 okay it, you know, give yourself 30-45 minutes to get home um, you got to fix supper Not, even if the kids weren't there you still got to eat You and then do you need to wash clothes or do things right where do you pay and you say Dale you pay bills on your off days you can do all that but all that doesn't always work out that way and then it's 10 o'clock and, you're, you know, and you haven't even sat down. You talked about resting. Let's see. 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4. That's six, five and a half, six hours of sleep. And then you've got to go. It's like running a race for another 12 hours for the next day. It, does it play a toll on you personally, physically?
1: Oh, yeah. I feel like it does. I'm always so tired. And then I have to realize, well, gosh, this whole week I've had like five hours of sleep at night. I don't think that's healthy. I don't think that's normal. <laughs> and then in dispatch, like you're sitting at a desk all day long. We get no physical at all during the day, you eat at your desk, you don't even get a lunch break, like you eat at your desk. So, I think it does take a toll. And I'm sure the girls didn't get 100% of me just because I was always so, you know, so exhausted. And then I'm crazy busy for 12 hours. I get home, and when they were younger, you know, they're talking a mile a minute, talking louder than the next one, trying to tell me about their day. And I was just like about to pull out my hair. <laughs>
0: you felt like you were listening to dispatch, yes. yes? <laughs>
1: and I'm like getting frustrated with them them and really there was probably no reason to get frustrated with them but it's just because it was just constant all day and I had no time to de-stress like just on my car at home I don't even listen to the radio and I'm just trying to take a breather but that 30 minutes sometimes isn't enough. They don't demand so much of my attention now because they are a little bit older and they have sports and you know that kind of thing but when they were smaller it was definitely definitely challenging and I'm sure I didn't give them the best that I should have.
0: I understand. I do. Um, Another curveball, okay? Uh, Did you ever think about leaving this profession?
1: No. Well, one time I did, but it had nothing to do with the job or the type of stuff that we do. It was basically the hours. After I had my um, oldest daughter, I wanted, I was adamant, I'm going to do nine to five, Monday through Friday, holidays and weekends off, I'm going to have a normal life. And then, like on maternity leave, I was like, "Well, you know, we do get three to four days off a week. I thought that would be great quality time. I sure as heck didn't want to, or could barely afford weekly daycare expenses." And then, so with my schedule and their father's schedule, and my mom is a lifesaver. Like I could not do life without her. It takes a village. Um, I opted to stay, but because of the hours, and um, I just had a babysitter on a rare occasion that mom wasn't available or the husband was working on the same day I was, but it had nothing to do with the job. I've never felt stressed out or overwhelmed by the type of calls. I mean, of course some calls hit a little bit more in the heart than others do, but it was never enough to make me run away.
0: Is it hard? I mean, I I see my patients. Okay. I don't always get to know what the outcomes are, but I can walk in and go. Whew, it's not as bad as Tammy said it was. Okay, <laughs> um, well, um, but you never get to see the people you talk to on the phone. You don't know how bad the little baby was. You don't know how bad the MVC is. It's, does does that does that frustrate does that bother you or frustrate you?
1: Um, for me, no. I don't. I'm kind of an <clears throat> empath person and I don't really feel like I want to be there witnessing people's most tragic events of their lives I don't want to hear the cries and the fear I'm okay being on the other end okay I'm totally okay with
0: that. I think that's what makes you a good dispatcher. Um,
1: <laughs> now, occasionally, I will, like, try to find out, you know, how bad was it? You know, are they going to be okay? And, you know, I do like to follow up. You know, like I so said, some calls touch a little bit more. But, right. yes, I'm okay not being there, not having to try to get things out of my mind that my eyes saw.
0: We've, um, we've been through COVID. What we thought was a year's now turned in almost two. Um the service we work for, we've seen our call volume go through the roof. Um, we struggle, and it's not, we've talked about this for previous, I talked about this with Pam, um, who we both know was in uh, episode one. Um, there's a nationwide shortage of EMTs and paramedics and firefighters, uh, police officers. I mean, um, those of us that are on the street, not so much me from the fireside, but the EMS personnel who run ambulances are running that marathon too, wide open from the time they get there to the time they go home. Um, we got a lot of young people who are just getting this business five, six years, years some of them, one, two years, just coming out of school. And um, they're not coming in and getting their feet wet. We're throwing them in the deep end, correct?
1: Correct.
0: What do you say to those people? Um, what do you? What do you? What does Tammy say to those people who are going? Did I make a mistake? Um, should I be in an office somewhere on that nine to five job you just talked about, and, and not dealing with this? What, what do you say to those people who are thinking that question? Did I make a mistake?
1: Well, it kind of does of depends, I guess. Like, I I feel like a lot of people come in specifically to dispatch and they think, oh, well, you know, um, they don't realize the sheer call volume, the sheer hecticness of it all, and then they realize the pay is not worth it. So, somebody with that mentality, you're not going to be able to convince them that they're in the right profession because to them, the pay isn't worth what they're doing. But people who are just maybe like, um, I'm having a hard time catching on, you know, I don't think that this is for me, time. I mean, it takes time to learn how to do all the dispatch and stuff. You wouldn't think that it does, but it does. You have to learn so much and you have to just be constantly going. And
0: you, you have to be, <laughs> this is unfair, okay? And I know it is, and some of it's unfair on both sides of the microphone, Okay. Um I'll say this to you. When when I get to work in the morning and I hear your voice on my channel, I go, It's gonna be a good day because I know I'm going to get what I need. Okay. When I get to work in the morning and I hear Sally or Bill, it's not just male or female, his voice on the radio will go, Oh crap, it's not gonna be a good day because maybe Sally and Bill have only been there for six months. Okay you're expected to be proficient and wide open from the day you walk in the door fair. Yes. Because to some extent that's because my life depends on you taking care of me and we can't go, oops, I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you the guy had a gun. Okay. So, and I'm, I'm not trying to be hard on dispatchers, but it's hard when you're coming into this profession and you don't know anything about it. And I'm expecting you from the other side of that microphone to miss to be Miss Sally Perfect the day you walk in the door. Is that, is that a fair statement?
1: It's fair, and it's a legit statement. I mean, your life and safety depends on that. So it's fair. Um, I don't think dispatch is for everybody. You have to be able to handle the volume. You have to be able to handle the stress, the importance of it. I mean, what we do is important. And, you know, a lot of people get overwhelmed with that. We had one person, we had a house fire, and it was just too overwhelming, like trying to get people there to help. This is somebody's house. Like, oh, my goodness. And she decided it wasn't for her. It was just too much responsibility, too much weight and, on her
0: shoulder. And it, and it is, guess. isn't it?
1: Fair enough, Yeah. It, it is. Yes.
0: Um, it is a responsibility. Yeah. Um, if Tammy could say something, and by the way, you're not old, okay? Um, I, I, I know you got old kids, but you're still not old to me. Um, if Tammy could say something to 21 year old Tammy that you know today about public safety, about life in general, is there anything you'd want to tell 21 year old Tammy today that you know today that you didn't know then?
1: I would say to take better care of myself. Like, I give, I give, I give. By the time it's my turn, I'm too tired to give anymore. And, you know, your mentality, your emotions doesn't just affect you. It does affect the loved ones around you. So if you're taking care of yourself, you're taking care of them as well. It's not selfish. It
0: doesn't that... Doesn't that also flow across the microphone?
1: Absolutely.
0: Because when I know you're at your best, then I can relax and know that I'm going to get the best I need from my end. Yes. Um, The truth is, and like I said, uh, because of my tenure, because I've been in your seat. we struggle with respecting you guys from the outside. I mean it, it, and it's not it's across the board okay and that's why you know at one time we used to do this we used to um, uh, I remember people from the outside who work the streets sitting in dispatch and going uh, God I wouldn't do that if they paid me a million dollars a month okay um, And I know people in dispatch who rode some of our trucks or with some of our officers and went back in dispatch and said those people are crazy I wouldn't do that if they paid me a million dollars so but, but the truth is we need each other we can't we can't do this I can't do this job without you and you can't do this job without me um, and um, we need to be a little more lenient and fair to each other from where we sit yes
1: yes I think a lot of it has to do with sometimes not knowing the person face to face like you know where you have to go through three locked doors to get to us so you might know my voice but you have no idea who i am so it's much easier to use me as your punching bag when you don't have any connection with me
0: is that is, is that something from a public safety standpoint that yeah, we've done this before, Tammy, but is that something we probably have let fall through the cracks or have not done a very good job of?
1: I think so. You know, when we had um, our other station, Station 1, Right. people would come in and out all the time. It wasn't locked down. You got to kind of have a rapport with people. And then when you kind of know that person, you're going to treat them a little bit more respectful. You, you kind of like them, you know, out of sight, out of mind type thing. And now, you know, I know everybody's names. I know many of the voices, but if I saw you at Walmart, I wouldn't have a clue who you were. And it's just easier to kind of criticize and stuff like that when you don't have a little bit of a personal relationship.
0: That, that is that's excellent. That is a very good point. And that's something we do struggle with.
1: And I know that people that come in dispatch, it's kind of like on light duty for an extended um, injury or whatnot. They end up leaving in a whole new light and actually kind of defend us against other people, saying you don't realize, you know, all the stuff they have going on and they have a whole new respect. And it's just not, you know, it's easy to kind of say you know what's going on or you know whatever but until you're actually sitting in there not visiting for an hour during orientation or whatever it's just hard to understand on both parts of it.
0: Correct. Uh, Both uh, parts.
1: uh, I try to give them respect you know I just kind of appreciate a little bit of respect back.
0: Absolutely. Um, Anything else we had not talked about? I think we beat this dead horse (laughs) pretty good. Um, Anything else you want to say before we finish about what you do, who you are something maybe our street people need to know or maybe even just Joe Blow on the street needs to hear from you today?
1: We are all on the same team. I mean, like we've, we've kind of touched base with that you can't do it without me and I can't do it without you. The main thing is that we're just trying to get people help and it's frustrating all around. Um, just be kind. Isn't that the new slogan now? Yes, it all is. Right. And,
0: <laughs> and that's sometimes easier said than done. It is sometimes. Thank you so much for Thank today. I, I appreciate it. I, this is something that that I think our folks need to hear and I think the world needs to hear as well. Okay. Thanks, Tammy. I appreciate it. Well, I hope you enjoyed the interview with Tammy. Um, she is such a joy to talk to. Uh, you don't have to talk to her long to know that she has a heart for people. She loves her job. Um, I have uh, spent a little bit of time up in dispatch with her and with some of her cohorts, and I know how much she works to be a professional um, to care about those that are sitting in in the room with her. Um, she is an, to me an excellent communicator and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. next podcast coming up um, probably uh, up to this point it's going to be my favorite may be my favorite for a long time over the uh, holidays I had the opportunity to sit down with my three children to, who are uh, paramedics um, and uh, have been involved in EMS for several years, Um, and also with my daughter um, who uh, has done uh, some first responding and also um, lived through a lot of uh, the time uh, with me uh, in uh, my uh, public safety career. So I hope you'll look forward to, uh, to listening again when we move into our next episode, Episode 4. And it uh, was a really fun time um, just talking about some of the things that children deal with EMS uh, families. Uh, I'm hoping you're going to have a good year. This is um, uh, another start for us, an opportunity to, to be different. Although the days don't change, sometimes when we roll into a new year, for me, it gives me an opportunity to reevaluate some of the things I'm doing. I want to encourage you today not to let everything going on in our world today to make your decisions. Um, You, How you treat yourself, how you take care of yourself, how you take care of your family will make the difference into whether or not you make it in this business or not. I want to remind you that I pray for you guys daily. Uh, As I drive around our community, I traveled a little bit um, during the holidays. And uh, every time I would see uh, an EMS unit, uh, police officer, cruiser, or fire apparatus, uh, I always try to uh, take just a second and pray for you guys and pray for your protection every day. Um, I want you to uh, remember that um, I love you guys. Uh, You're special to me and that um, uh, to, to remember that you are important and that what you do is important. And I don't want you to ever forget that. Um, go and make this year a good year for you and your family. And we'll see you soon with Episode 4.